<laughs> and uh, thank you for coming. Ah, thank you for having me, man. This is fantastic, man. Long drive. Uh, Phil Pointer, could you just tell everybody, I kind of told him your name, but you want to tell everybody where you're from? Yeah, uh, Phil Pointer, I'm a comedian from Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. So, um, yeah, I work, uh, I, don't, I don't know what all you want me to, I'm from Cincinnati, I work Go Bananas Comedy Club, there mostly it's my home club, <clears throat> excuse me, I perform all over the Midwest, uh, I've been as far as Michigan, Illinois, whatever, what have you, so yeah. Yeah, that's really dope. Yeah, so how long have you been a comedian? <laughs> Okay, so I'll do it this way. I'll give you the long story. Okay. Because I usually ask people, do you want the short or the long? But since we're doing a podcast, I'll just go long. Okay. Um, the long story is I tell people that I've been seriously at comedy for going on seven years. Okay. The rest of that story, though, is the first time I ever told a joke on stage was approximately 2003, 2004. Yeah, because I'm from Cincy originally. I went to school in Alabama. And um, while I was down there, I got to a point where I, that's where I actually started comedy. And, well, quote, unquote, uh, because it was an open mic. I checked it out. And, yeah, so that's the first time I ever got on stage. Yeah, so seven years. But that's longer than seven years ago. So but then you just kind of, you were like Jesus. You kind of well, started a family. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, okay. So <clears throat> the thing of it is, is that I started comedy in Alabama. Uh, I did the one open mic where I was living at the time, which was Montgomery. Then I, <coughs> excuse me, I had to come back to Cincinnati for some family issues, and I was kind of still doing comedy, but I wasn't really focused because I was working with the things that I had going on here. So approximately going on seven years ago is when I was able to get back focused on comedy. Okay. So and start making some real, like, <coughs> improvement on <coughs> not just my own writing and performance, but also getting more into the, for lack of a better way, to the community of yeah. comedy as a whole. Yeah, and kind of getting your foothold there in the Cincinnati area. And Bananas is a great club, by the way. Shout out to all the people who frequent Bananas and all the staff. Oh, you yeah. Guys are, those guys are great. Uh, wow, that's dope. I guess you kind of touched on it there, um, uh, when I, you know, when, as far as how long. But um, so how, how exactly <sighs> did you get your start? Can you kind of touch on that a little bit yeah. more? Yeah, so, and, and that's, and I, I was... Thinking that you may ask me this, I didn't want to jump ahead okay, that's in awesome. anticipation of you possibly getting to that question. I was, like I said, I, I, I'll just, this is somewhat relevant. I'm 46. So I was in college in the 90s. And my I went to Tuskegee University, which is in Alabama. Um, and I was down there in school for way longer than I should have been. <laughs> Because I actually, which I hope I'm not stepping on a future question here either, did not start smoking until I got to college. Okay. So I had gotten to a point in my life where I wasn't in school any longer. I was working a job that I didn't really like and was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. So I bought a notebook and started like, well, let me write out some ideas and see what I can come up with, see what I can do next. And mind you, I'm in my 20s now, like late 20s. Um <clears throat> I'm like, okay, I used to rap in high school. I was part of a group and everything. We made, you know, some music here and there, some songs. So I was like, hey, maybe I can get back into rapping. So I started, like, taking my notebook, trying to start writing raps. I found myself writing a lot more jokes than raps in the notebook. Wow. And stand-up has been something that I've always loved. 
I hope I'm not stepping on another thing here. Rewind to when I was a kid. One of the first VCR tapes, which I know a lot of you motherfuckers don't know what a VCR is. <laughs> VHS, don't worry baby. about it. We'll, we'll talk about it another day. Ask your <laughs> friends. Ask your grandpa. One of the first VHS tapes that I owned that my mother bought me was um, <clears throat> this benefit called Comic Relief, where it was stand up. It was a stand up comedy benefit show to fight hunger, and it had people like uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Billy Crystal, um, uh, Robin Williams, Elaine Boozler, Paul Where you could like Reiser. call in and stuff. No, or? well, I mean, I think during the time when it was live, you probably okay. could have. I got you. Uh, but <clears throat> either way, and it was a nationally televised thing. I think it was on like HBO. I remember seeing that when I was younger. Yeah, for sure. yeah. So it's like from then, I was in love with stand-up comedy. That's sweet. Like I, I've always been, music has always been really, really big to me. So I really wanted to be in music. But it's so crazy. I mean, it, yeah, it's yeah, crazy so. that you say that because we have a very similar story. Uh, I, I. I, it's kind of the opposite fashion, though. See, I did music for like 10 years. So from the time I was like 14, I used to write poetry when I was really young. And then I, I rapped for years. So I have several mixtapes and albums. Word. And then I kind of got into comedy. And I'm in my late 20s. I just turned 30. And uh, I'm like at the same. I'm kind of there. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's really dope, man. Yeah, that's really dope. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of cool how we could relate on that. Um, oh, yeah. So the world is a lot smaller than people think, man. Dude, it yeah, <laughs> it's it really a, it's is. a lot of the same shit happening everywhere. Well, yeah, it is, man. And I think consciousness and other things like plants and things like that connect us all in a weird way that we're not really aware of either. I, I figure there's something to the big ecosystem theory. We're all dependent on each other in some form or fashion. That's true. Yep. Yeah. And there's if, you, if you're alive, you're dependent in some form or fashion. Definitely. The goal is to be as independent as possible for some, me included. But <laughs> overall, we're all dependent in some form or fashion. We all have to take care of each other in some way. That's a powerful statement, dude. That's sweet. I like that idea for sure. I think we all do uh, in a lot of ways. You yeah. know, we definitely do. Well, uh, shit. So let's see here, man. How Have you ever met any celebrities or worked with anybody big? So the great thing about comedy is you get to meet people that you may have idolized. And for me personally, a couple, one of my biggest ones was when I when I got to meet uh, Tony Woods, who's a stand-up comic, who his half hour on Comedy Central was one of the ones, one of the first ones I ever remember watching repeatedly on purpose because it was so good. Yeah, Tony's a very funny guy. Yeah, extremely. And I've gotten the opportunity. The first time I got to meet him was at Brouhaha. Excuse me, Brouhaha. He was performing and so was I. You got I. the Brouhaha t-shirt on right yeah, now. Shout out yeah. to Brouhaha. This is the newest one. Yeah, <laughs> That's but this, sick. Oh, yeah. So that was the first time. Because that was the first time when I was ever like, holy shit, that's Tony Woods. Like, that's the first time I had that feeling. Um, <clears throat> I've gotten to meet Rory Scovel. I got to meet um, fucking, uh, damn it, what's his name? My mind is a mess. Uh, anyway, I've gotten to meet a few people. Um, is that edible kicking in, dog? <laughs> it only takes like 45, 30, 45 minutes. Well, you know what? I got a high metabolism. Yeah. <laughs> you might want another one. Do you want another one? 
We're going to chill for right this moment. We're going to chill for right this second. I have some, uh, like, sectioned <coughs> off pieces. I usually just cut those into, like, half, and I take, like, half of it. I understand. And I, I, should, I, just, I should and have I told just, you that. And I just popped the whole I motherfucker out like a gulp. tasty. Me devour peace candy. Not think of consequence. <laughs> uh, is that Star Wars? That's just me being a dumbass. <laughs> That's, That's just Yoda. me showing exactly how much mental damage I actually have. That's all that. That's I've t- dude, totally, <laughs> fucking, totally relate. I think you got to be a fucking crazy person to get into this business in the first place, don't you? That's what they keep saying. I'm I don't sure. know. <laughs> I'm pretty I sure. Mean, I, I keep hearing that. I'm yeah, not sure. To fucking be like a complete genius or a complete psycho to make it work. Yeah, well, psycho is usually <laughs> what gets re- thrown about. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> what, <laughs> what's your most memorable moment in comedy? Hmm. <sighs> So it's kind of a good and bad one for me. It's the first time I advanced in the contest at Go Bananas, the funniest person in Cincinnati contest. How long were you a comic at that time? Oh, this was this year. Okay, that's dope. (laughs) Yeah, I I literally, in, in my record in that contest for advancing past the first round, I am one in five. So I did it five years in a row and didn't advance past the first round. And then (coughs) year six, semi-pro division, I make it. And it made it with a joke that at the time was maybe about a week old. Yeah, about a week, week and a half old. I just wrote it and just started doing it in mics, trying trying to smooth it out. And actually that night I did a line. I closed that bit with a line that I had never used before. That I thought about, like, maybe that day or day before. Like, hmm, next time I do that bit, I should say this line. So, I had no idea it would work, and it fucking killed. Yeah. So, and it, it's, it's a big moment for me because I finally got that release to be able to advance in the contest. Unfortunately, the other side of it, <clears throat> my mother had just passed away maybe a month before. And she's only been able to go to one of my comedy shows and this is way back in like 07 08 when I was still just in and out in and out so it was a big moment for me that she didn't get to be a part of so that's why right now it's the most outstanding but I mean maybe because it's one of the newest or what have you because I've had some other moments where like the first time I really got a room on my side that's a great moment the first time it ever happens to I me mean, you can <clears throat> do open mics you do new shit some of it gets laughs and giggles some of it doesn't but then you actually get like the opportunity to do a five or ten minute set and you're getting laughs the whole fucking time yeah because they believe in you yeah and they're like this and is it, a professional comedian yeah. and then it's the laughs that you wrote like okay i know i get a laugh here and it gets it and then there's some other little stuff that's like okay you should get some and they get them like that's fun. Like that's the first time that ever happens. It's like ooh, it's a sport, and yeah. I I think it's like a mental chess game with the audience and yeah. yourself. It definitely is, right? Oh yeah. It's like you go out there over and over, but it's not. I've heard it described as like it's not basketball, so it's not a football. It's it's a sport to where you don't have the same size crowd every time. You don't yeah. have the same size ball. It, it, you have to manipulate it every single time. It's I mean, different. Every single time, every play that you make is different. The fact of the matter is is that if you're going to relate it to sports, and this is me talking, I could be wrong. My analogy of it is it's like golf. 
Okay. Because the only person that can beat you is yourself. I mean, don't get me wrong. The audience is going to be there, you, and not every audience is going to get you. Sure, we can we can say that, but that doesn't account for very much. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you can say that you were. I mean, no, not fucking. You can say, but it's it's ultimately up to you. You have a good you know, set if you, you have, win the yeah, day. The fact is, is that if you're on the co- golf course and you're at, I don't know a shit ton about golf. You're on a par three, and 180 yards, and you step up to that hole and you drill one, fucking so good that you birdie, and that's fucking beautiful. That's a really good and visual. Then the <laughs> next time you step up to that same hole, on weather conditions exactly like that same day. And you a little too confident, you a little too cocky, your mind is a little bit elsewhere, yep. and you try to rip that same shot and you shank it left, and you end up at six. Yeah. You same hole, same weather conditions, it's you. You gotta have your life problems worked out. I mean, it's not just about life problems worked out because I mean, comics are winning, always right? living in, comics are seemingly always living in some kind of turmoil. There's exceptions to every rule, of course. That's true. But <clears throat> a lot that, I, that I've talked, some. Anyway, whatever. I feel better that you said that. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's just something that, whatever. The fact of the matter is, is that you just got to know how to do your job when you get on the stage. Yeah. Because that's what it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. We have a ball up there. I have a blast when it goes right. But it's a job. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm at work when I'm up there. So you got to be able to do whatever you got to do for your home life and still go up there and go to work. Yeah, some of that's some good advice for some for some young comics out there listening, or anybody out there listening, and and for myself, that's some really good advice. Uh, where where do you get your inspiration when you're writing your jokes? Typically, <laughs> I'm the worst kind of writer ever. I'm I'm the worst kind of writer to exist because my shit, it doesn't come often. So I, I usually am few or far between. But like when something comes to me. Yeah, sure, I'll play with it and tweak it and fuck with the idea, but just if just something hits me, that's how, like, <clears throat> I have stickers. I gave you one. Uh, my Henny Shine joke. Uh, that one was just thinking about me marrying my wife. You know, she's white, I'm black. You know, I make a joke about, oh, somebody from my family would bring uh, Hennessy, somebody here from her family would bring Moonshine, they bumping into each other and mixing together like the old school Reese's Peanut Butter Cup commercial. It's a great You know, and then they're taking shots of Henny Shine and singing Friends in Low Places to a little John beat. You know, that's, the, <laughs> you know, that's the jokes. And that was just literally because I was just thinking about what my wedding was going to look like. Yeah. It's just a thought that occurred. Um, I have a joke about the movie Get Out. Where I'm talking, or I start the joke talking about how a bunch of people would ask me over and over again because we got engaged around the time the movie first came out, and so a bunch of people used to ask me like, "Oh, have you seen Get Out? No, why not? You marrying a white girl? Why haven't you seen it yet?" <laughs> so literally, that just inspired a bit. Now I was talking it out with another free friend of mine, uh, comedian uh, Tabari McCoy. He, we, and he and I talked it out one night <laughs> in the back of the comedy club on a Wednesday night for the pro am. And then that night or the next night, I went up and did it on stage. Oh, shit. But see, that's, that's just just it. When I did it on stage that night, I've tweaked it a little since then, but it's pretty much the idea that I started with, which that's why I say I'm the worst kind of writer. You can't always go with that because it's not always going to work. 
Yeah, there's something to be said about that though. When you like just believe in yourself and your ideas too, though. It's it's, it it's not that I, some oh, places, trust right? me. It's not really about believing in myself. I hate the physical act of writing, like pen to paper. I can't stand. Well, when you hear a good joke, even if you just just made it up, it's a good joke. Right? Yeah, you're like yeah. if it's written in in proper format and you're hearing all the signs of a good joke. Yeah, I guess there's. I've always been told there's some merit to actual writing. Even if it's just freeform writing, just stream of consciousness, yeah, just to get ideas flowing so you can find the joke, I'm like the same that's way. even an option. But I talk it out because I talk to myself quite often, mm. like a crazy person would. Same. And so, yeah, I get in a space where I can talk out loud and talk out the idea. That's 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 sweet. Yeah, I talk to myself sometimes too, actually, a lot. Uh, some days more than others, you know, because some days you're just flying flying higher than others, you know. Right. I am working on the pen to pad thing. I, I am working on the pen and paper thing. I know it's something I need to try to work on, so I am working on it. But what I, what I like to do and help me, I think it helped me in college too, is I like to do it twice or maybe three times, and then kind of have it in the phone or even just like some pointers and punchlines, and then go and and write like five hundred words or a thousand words one day if I can get an hour or two to myself. Right, right. I I have a hard time scheduling that time, but I should I I should definitely do that more instead of doing it sporadically. That's a good yeah. I can dig it. That'd same, be a same. good point for me. Yeah, because I, I think that you know it's not just about having experience or being really funny or really right. Uh, you know, oh any of that. It's about it's about being an overall good comedian, right? Oh yeah, and in full disclosure, I do have a notebook. Yeah, a little notebook that I carry around in my back pocket and an ink pen that I carry around in my front pocket. Where if an idea pops into my head and I'm out somewhere, I'll write it in there real quick. So you're and M&M come back to it. So don't get me wrong. I'm not 100% anti, but like I have friends that have filled up notebooks writing, and it's an accomplishment they're proud of, and I see them being praised by other comics for it, both regionally and some touring headliners we've met. Yeah. Like hell yeah, good for you, good shit. And it's like yeah, I can dig it. I can do the same amount of time they can on stage. Mm. I just don't have notebooks. <laughs> yeah. I can do the time. I have my jokes. I know them. I just don't have notebooks. That's yeah. all. How long did it take you to start doing like 20 minutes at a time? You know, until you could really get up there and be comfortable. How many? How like long? a few years. Like three, four? I do. I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, the, the messed up part about it is, is that with, the way my shit works, I, I can do, I've been able to do 20 minutes before and I do 20, 30 minutes now and do like almost none of that old material. Yeah. So it's like, I, I guess the point is, is that when you ask me, when did I realize I could do it? When somebody pointed out to me that I could do it? Yeah. Or when somebody was just like, hey, what kind of do this amount of time. And I was like, all right, well, I got to pull out everything I got. And then I looked down at my timer because I got to um, audio record all of my sets. <clears throat> and so I, it, the good thing about the recorder is there's a timer on the face. And it's like the first time when I looked down and I was like, whoa, wait, I'm at. 18 minutes <laughs> and I still have two jokes that I want to tell that I know are about a five minutes together. Like it just kind of snuck up on me is what I'm saying. Like yeah. I never was like, okay, I got to put together a 20 minute set. I just was like, I'm just keep writing, keep got, writing, keep writing. Good, yeah. This is something new. I want to try. Let me throw this in. Okay. This is something new. All right. I know if I got this much time, I can't do this one anymore. Cause I want to do this new one. Yeah. So it wasn't even about I'm building 20 minutes. It was about, 
oh yeah, I just got all these jokes. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think I can get there. Yeah. It was just like a comfortability level. Yeah. And then I, you think a lot of people get pulled into it like that, where it's just like, hey, one day you just got good. You know what I mean? I, you think that's the that's just kind of how it is. I mean, it's like one day you're a headliner and one day you're a feature and you're <coughs> you're hosting still. You know. I, I don't think it's a. I think it's. Understand this, how I built time like that to me, that's my way of thinking. Okay. That's the thing about my my opinion is that's the thing about this business. It's a business of creativity. So sometimes it's easy to get lost in the artistic side of it than to look at and this is just my analytical head. Some other comics will tell you something that works perfectly fine for them that's contradictory to what I say, and I say there's absolute merit to their way of thinking. One hundred percent. Because in this business, in this business, there's no right way to do anything, but there's a bunch of shit that does not work. Okay. And that's the only way to think about it. Like, there's a bunch of shit that does not work, but there's no one right way to do it. So, therefore, what works for somebody else won't work for me. And in my mind, I'm like, look, <clears throat> yeah, sure, I want to build time. I want to keep writing jokes because I want to keep having new material. But I want to keep having new material so that I can get booked in more places mm -hmm. so that one day I can be opening for somebody here, opening for somebody there. Okay. Now all of a sudden I'm featuring in this club here. I'm featuring over there. Like there's still a goal to it. There's yeah. still a driving, motivating plan to it. Yeah. Now how you go about your plan is up to you. But with me, I'm like, I, 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 we, everybody's got their own way of thinking, and a lot of people think about it like that. I want to try to get those better, or, or even uh, whatever your goal. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Because exactly. there's so many different goals. I don't want to sit up here and try to name. No, that's dope. Yeah. Though, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I'm glad that you're sharing, man. That's that's dope. Um, so, uh, we've talked a lot about your comedy. Uh, we talked about your joke writing, uh, where you're from. Uh, we kind of touched on where you went to school. I think that we can kind of open up now and talk about uh, some marijuana and just kind of uh, just the legalities of it and stuff like that. I, I suddenly I, feel like this is a setup. As you know. Are well, you wearing a wire? I, I, what there's, the fuck? There's, two, there's four wires connected to this recorder. I'm not comfortable. I'm certainly not comfortable with all these microphones <laughs> recording devices. Can we please turn this shit off and set it outside for a minute and then we can talk? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm pretty high already, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's that might be a bad idea. It's gonna be hard to I understand edit that this as cars going by and stuff. We're gonna have I a hard time with the background noise. Out I understand there. that idea, but then let's just move on. Then. All right. Um, so, I just want to ask: Have you ever smoked marijuana before? Um. Does tonight count? Yeah, well, then yes. if this is your first time, that's okay, too, because we have been smoking a little bit tonight. <laughs> the viewers couldn't yes, see that, but this, I think they might have been listening earlier. This is my very, very first time okay. ever. Before this, this never occurred before ever, ever, I swear. So do you want to share the first time you ever experienced marijuana? <sighs> so, as I, so as I kind of, well, no, I don't even kind of my ass. As I stated earlier, <clears throat> I did not. When I was in high school, I didn't smoke. I didn't drink at all. Nothing. Mainly because I had asthma. So, therefore, I couldn't really smoke anything anyway as a kid. And it was bad because it was coupled with allergies and such. So, all of that was out for me. Then I got to college. And when you're in your late teens, early 20s, and shit happens, sometimes you feel like your world is collapsing when really it's just a minor situation. Yeah. But 
that was the first time I ever drank. And then I joined an organization that, and I, well, I, it's, I got around some people, some friends of mine that did smoke. And so that was the first time I smoked because they did it and I was curious about it. And I was like, hey, and they were like, eh, whatever. And yeah. so I was able to through that. And, you know, I mean, it, so it you, turned you out to be in college, like at a party. I mean, it was just how are they being thinking? around friends who when they hung out, that's what they did. They constantly just chilled and yeah. talked to each other, kind of like what we're doing now. Yeah. And just passing around a blunt. And so yeah. it was eventually like, yeah, sure. You know, let me try. Yeah. You know, and so it's like to try this. Yeah. Huh. And then the first time I ever got really, really high. So I was, <clears throat> I had a roommate at the time. I was living in college. I had a roommate. We had a house. You know, we were renting a house at the time. And we had this big ass TV that a previous tenant had left. So on this big ass TV, we're watching. Uh, if you ever want to see something that's visually nuts to watch, an awesome, it's a pretty good movie. It's called Shaka Zulu. And it's the story of the British colonization of Africa. And they have a lot of African tribe stuff and stuff. So I'm watching that, and my roommate and I, my roommate, because he had some experience smoking, I didn't. So he was like, look, you really want to get high, I, you know, I'll, we'll smoke, and I'll, take, and I'll make sure it don't shit happen to you. All right, cool. So we smoked, and <laughs> this was the first time I ever got super high. How'd you guys smoke? Like bongs, blunts. joints, blunts? Blunts, what, yes. Wraps or Oh, no, this is, like no, no, dude, this is the 90s. So Optimos we're talking about, Swisher, we're talking about Phillies, Phillies, dude. Yeah, Phillies, is, I think, was it Phillies or Swisher? No. They're both Actually, white owls, I think we fucked with White Owls, because, you know, they fucked with White Owls in the South. Yeah, for but sure. Yeah, my white mom was, was from Kentucky, so. So whatever it was, it was blunts guaranteed that and <laughs> i am living in alabama families in cincinnati i'm first time in my life really really fucking high there was a point where i was in a room by myself because my, my own boy went off in the, another part of the house doing whatever and i was li- sitting in the living room with shaka zulu playing in the background in the fetal position convinced that my mother was going to come down the steps and catch me smoking weed. Holy shit. Was she around? No. She was in Cincinnati. <laughs> she was nowhere near me. You got yourself so paranoid and worked up, dude. So fucked That's up. That's a hallucination, isn't it? Kind of? You know what? I don't know what the fuck it was. It was terrifying. That's what the fuck it was. Dude, I know. It was scary as shit. No, I mean, it, it, you may can register it as a hallucination, sure, but the thing is, it's not that I ever saw her. Yeah. I never physically or visually, that's a good word. I never visually saw her, but I was just convinced that she was up there and about to come down. You had created a movie in your head and you were. So, yeah, at some point in time, I figured, I mean, mentally, the image was her walking down the steps, sure, but it's not like I can say, and I turned around and there she was in the doorway. No, that didn't happen. Exactly. So, it wasn't a hallucination that I saw her. Just mentally, I was just like, oh, shit, she's going to come down those steps. And I'm imagining her angry coming down, or not even necessarily angry, coming down and catching me and being surprised and disappointed. Yeah. Because my family is definitely not on board here. 
Yeah. So and I think that if any of them happen to listen to this podcast, they'll find out. And that would be kind of fucked up, I think. But yeah. Sorry. Well, I hate to break the news, folks. Uh, hey, just, 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. Phil's but a really guess good what? Guy. I'm not a fucking robber. Yeah. I'm not a fucking on the corner addict or no shit. No, dude. Like, and honestly, just as a, just as a mention, just because of the nature of this podcast and just for me personally, I am one of those people that is literally terrified of anything stronger than weed. I've never fucked with anything else. Yeah. Nothing. Like, dads, I still consider THC. So I'll say I've never fucked with anything other than THC. Yeah. No Coke, no pills, no Molly, no nothing. Yeah. And truth be told, being 100% honest, purely out of fear. Yeah. Because I know I have an addictive personality, and if I fucked with something that strong, hmm, I don't know where the fuck I would be at. Yeah. And I don't want to test the theory, and I've seen too many horror stories. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm yeah. cool. Um, I, I have too many friends that are on the other side of that shit for me to be like, yeah, but uh, I think I may be able to handle it. Like, yeah, no, that's okay. I got too many good examples of why it's not a good idea to start. It's not for everybody. Nah. And, and this podcast doesn't advocate drugs because this is just, you know, just a disclaimer. You know, I know you know that. Oh, but I wasn't it's, even it's trying to things. address anything else. I was no. just talking about me personally. Oh, no. But, but I, I always like say that. But people always have horror stories. And I've heard them, too, dude. Like, it's not for everybody. It's kind of silly to say that it's for everybody. It's just like coffee's not for everybody and shit. Like, oh, sometimes, yeah. you know, it's not. You have a bad reaction. And, uh, yeah, it's not meant for everyone for sure. So Definitely. And, but the, and the fact is is that, you know, you can't <clears throat> excuse me, automatically assume that something is going to affect someone in some way just because of you personally or someone else that you know, your experience. Like, your experience, there is merit to it, of course. You have to rely on your own experience. Yeah. That's how we learn. But you also have to be open to the fact that there are so many variables in life as a concept <laughs> that you can't definitively nail down with any kind of consistency what something is. Well, no, not with some kind of – you can't nail it down 100% every single yeah. time. Like every single instance is not going to be the same. It may be the same 98% of the time, 99% of the time. Hey, that's fucking awesome if we can get that. It's super new, But unfortunately – well, I mean, I won't even the say that it's new. Use. Oh, marijuana. Yeah. Got you. Well, I mean, and that's because of the stigmatism that's been placed on it, which I don't know all the history, dates, names, times, what have you, but I don't know it, exactly. it's been a calculated, it, there was a calculated effort against marijuana that yeah. put it on the Schedule 1? Schedule 1. So, schedule 1 list. So, yeah, it puts it against with drugs like uh, heroin and it, it, with the, basically it's saying it has addictive properties. So it was this guy named Real, William Randolph Hirsch, I believe that's his name, and uh, it was sometime in the 18, late 1800s, like the 19th century. And Sorry. He was I a tobacco I, Hurst, farmer, I believe. Hurst. Hirsch or Hurst? Hurst. 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 Well, yeah, William yeah, Randolph Hirst. Hurst. So he was a tobacco farmer, uh, or possibly a, he owned a newspaper, and no, the no, tobacco no. William, farmers were okay. lobbying. Okay, William Randolph Hearst owned a newspaper because okay. his daughter was Patty Hearst, the woman who got kidnapped and then got turned you. revolutionary. Got you. And then when they got caught, went back to kidnap victims. Yeah. But the fact is, is that they were running yeah, stories he, he about. He was. I mean, he was. I, I believe again. I don't know all the names. And I, I just know that for something like that to have occurred and i want to say it was under nixon that turned it into a schedule one well 
Was it Nixon? They made it illegal. I'm not sure. Maybe I think Nixon Ill- made it Nixon, illegal. Nixon changed some laws, yeah. but but they made it Ooh, illegal whatever. in the 20s. Yeah. For whatever ah, reason, disrate, disrate. I don't know what the legislation yeah. is. I need I need to do my research on this for sure. Don't for we? Things like this. Don't we? This is important. Here's what I'm saying though. The fact of the matter is, is that you're not going to get anything done like that without a media arm to your movement. Yeah. So if you have one of the biggest media, and I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy either. I'm right. really not. It's not a conspiracy. I'm just like men have orchestrated eh. plans to take over the world since the beginning of the world. Eh. It is what it is. Comedians are trying to do it. Singers are trying to do it. There's little cults everywhere you go, dog. <laughs> like, yeah, well, we're in one. <laughs> you <talking about? laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, cult is a strong word, but I have given up a lot of my time, energy, and money to the cause. It's so, uh, so uh, no. All I'm saying is, is this. Uh, at the end of the day, what we have to look at is we whatever the reason, whatever the motivation behind its illegality, it's being proven on a much broader scale now mm. that those things were not true. Yeah, responsible people. And can do so marijuana. that's why there has been just almost a domino effect of almost every state that it's come up in that it's starting to be legalized to some degree. Yeah. I mean, all the way from, of course, just medical to all the way decriminalization to fully just legalized. Yeah. I mean... Well, it's people like us, Phil. People like you specifically. Just It's guys that are... And men and women. It's people that are literally educated and functioning members of society who are able to use marijuana... And still, you know, live just like a normal person, just like in the way that we would use alcohol or candy or cigarettes or coffee, right? It's like the message is getting out there that it's not what they put in the newspapers back in the day. You know what I mean? It's not that it's not that shit. And people were dying from marijuana and also in Vietnam because they used to spray it with shit like the. You know what I mean? Uh, So there was like so much bad negativity, uh, bad negativity. I'm stoned out of my mind right now. I'm just, I'm out of it. I should have let you keep talking. Nah, don't worry about it. Don't worry but about it. Dude, this, is, this is all I'm saying, <laughs> man. This is all I'm saying. It, it's, it's not really a thing of being special. I'm not special. I'm just a dude. I'm just a dude like anybody else who has their thing that they do that they just enjoy doing. Like, mm-hmm. it's not harming anybody but themselves because I am 100% cognizant of the fact that by normal design, the human body is not made to inhale smoke. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. But in a day and age where all the information is out there and people are, in my opinion, whew, this is a dangerous statement to make. <laughs> in my opinion, people are at least smart enough to know something about the things they choose to do. Yeah. <laughs> so. Exactly. I mean, I feel like for me, I know something about the thing I choose to do. I choose to do it anyway. It's really my own choice. I'm not hurting anybody else. And the argument that they always make about the drug cartels, which I unfortunately cannot disagree with. But I will say this. You legalize it, you take the criminality out of it. Uh-huh. Now, of course, just like with sports betting, a lot of places where it got legalized, the, the mob helped fight against that. So you're probably going to get some pushback. But if you legalize it, I don't even know if you're going to get I'm just talking shit now. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm just talking shit. That, none this, of that shit may happen the, at all. You're the mob's official like, spokesperson. I, oh yeah, I speak for people that will Cincinnati probably. mob. I speak for people who will probably have me killed for even saying I speak for them. The comedy cult. Thank you very much. Now you're gonna get me killed. Now I'm not gonna make it back to Cincinnati. I've given this man Thank so much THC. Very fucking much. <laughs> They're gonna run you out Damn of town. It. It's over, dog. All I'm saying is... <laughs> One podcast runs your career. I'm sorry. Yeah. You take the illegality out of it, you're able to regulate the industry. You're able to stop the poisonous carts that are going out that are killing people. You're able to stop the actual flow of funds to terrorist organizations because now you're allowing for the more disgusting of the option, which is free enterprise, <laughs> which we all know corporate America is a motherfucker. But yeah. let's just say that at least they know that the FDA exists, as weak as they are. But <laughs> they exist. And so at least there's some layer of protection for us as the average citizen to be able to, air quotes, safely enjoy what we choose to do. I completely and, agree. And, and it should be a choice. If you want to do it, you know the risk. You know some about what you're doing. Yeah. Make a choice, dude. Yeah. Uh, it's like, look at, that's why McDonald's isn't illegal. Like, you're not supposed to do yeah. it. You're not supposed to. Right? But we do. We all do sometimes. But I it, mean, yeah, it is you what do. it is. Hey, but them fries are fucking delicious. Dude, I had a uh, donut earlier. That's, yeah. why I'm ta- that's why I'm talking shit right now. It's just my guilt coming out of my my body. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, man. I think uh, the laws are changing. Right? People are becoming more aware that this is just a plant that will fuck you up if you overdo it like we did tonight. <laughs> for sure i'm i'm pretty blitzed had a long day too and i know you did too and that's pretty cool of you for driving out here and doing well, this crazy ass show with me i mean this is fun I, i've had a blast this is a new idea you know and uh yeah so what's a good idea yeah so i guess i kind of know how you feel about marijuana overall i know that you also have never done psychedelics but you kind of tripped out that one time about your mom yeah, well, that was a strong one. I don't know if I asked you what your favorite way to get high is, like <laughs> now. How's your? What is your regimen? Can you kind of describe it? All that? right, so here's where I dive into the middle of the controversy. <laughs> As if I've avoided it the whole time. <laughs> yeah, you're on to You're on to So it. here's something that we, we kind of touched on before we started recording. Um, I am married. Uh, my wife does not smoke at all doesn't do any my wife okay here's what my wife does my wife drinks approximately twice a year um doesn't smoke doesn't do anything else at all period when we met going on six years ago um she said look i don't want to date anybody who smokes anything period i was at a point in my life where I was smoking weed at home a bunch. And yes, I'm getting to answer your question. I know I'm going the long way. No, fucking dude, please. Take, take, look, take. We got, yeah, so, we got all night. So Yes, listener, I'm getting to the fucking point. <laughs> I know. Come see my comedy. You'll fucking understand. You'll laugh your ass off, but you'll fucking understand. Come see Phil's comedy. That's a good idea. So I was at a point in my life where I would just sit at home and smoke blunts by myself. I watch TV. And I wasn't really going to mics a lot and what have you. And I was like, yeah, no, this shit's got to change. So I started trying to go out more, but you can't smoke when you're out. And I don't know. I was just like, yeah, this is, I got to break free. And I know this sounds kind of weak. It was like, it was her. But the fact is, is that when I met her and she said that to me, it was kind of like, I want to be in a relationship now. 
I see something in her that makes it worth it. And so for the first year of our relationship, I quit smoking altogether. And in all honesty, I had started making strides in the year or two before I met her. I really saw that taking that year off helped me get like help me get some financial aspects of it together. But after that year was up, she was like, okay, well, I see that it's not that big of a deal for you, but I just don't want you to smoke it around here and try not to come home smelling like it. And this is where I come to answering your question. That's why I like the vape pens because the smell is very, very minimal. It doesn't really hang on you like the flower does. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I still like flower. I have no disagreements with it at all. Mm-hmm. But the convenience of the pen that you can walk around and just keep it on you. And, I mean, it's like anybody else with a pack of cigarettes in their pocket. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you, do you think it's like more like a hobby or more like a vice, in your opinion? Like maybe for you? Never thought about that. I guess if I had to really sit down and take a long, hard look at it, I would say I want to say it's a hobby, but it might, but I might have to be honest and say it's probably a vice to me. Uh, It's probably like cigarettes to are to some people, Mm -hmm. uh, but I also want to believe that, and I, and I'm going to stress the words want to like, for instance, I still have a day job. And I don't have to take a cigarette break at my day job. Uh-huh. You know, I'm okay until I get back home. Same. So that's why I'm just kind of like, yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't want to call it a vice because if I can't, it's not going to kill me. I'm not going to get the shakes. I'm not going to be banging my head against the wall. Like I, I'm going to ask people when I see them, anybody who I know, hey, do you know something? Do you know something? Right. But it's not going to have the physical withdrawal effects that cigarettes would have. It's one of the coolest things about it. Right. It's what keeps you coming back. Right. Because you don't have to. It's one of those things. You're like, this is kind of just fun. If you ever, uh, my dude, uh, I guess this is kind of, might be something illegal, but my dude had a couple uh, like years ago, had a grow thing in his, like a room in his house, right? And so I got to go in where the plants were. And I don't know why I'm saying this right now, but I, uh, <laughs> I was like, I was so high. And, uh, I could feel the vibe of the plants. I was like, the room was like whatever temperature it needs to be for like, like it's like 65 or 75 degrees or whatever. And like the fans are blowing. He was like spraying like them with water. And it was such a cool, peaceful environment. And it was the first time I understood what we really was. Cause I was like, damn, I was like, that's why it makes you feel like this. If this is the optimal temperature to grow it in, like that's the way I like my house to feel dog. Like, you know what I mean? Like 73, 74 degrees, like kind of got your, you know, humidifier going. It's like, it's nice. It was like a cool, like place to to grow up. Right. Even though you're only going to be living there for three months or whatever. It's like, and I felt like I was the, you know, I was like the plant in a weird way. I was like connected to it. And like, so I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know why the fuck I even told that story, dude. I am fake <laughs> out of my fucking mind, dude. This went sideways. I've stayed sober for like the last three interviews. And I was like, dude, we're going to get blitzed tonight because I had a long Monday. <laughs> it's fucking Monday as fuck. We've been, yeah, going, well. we've been going for almost 45, man. Um, uh, I, 
I don't know if you got any shows coming up. This will be out probably like late January. Um, late January, okay. So if you like so to plug, plug some gigs, uh, let's see. Tell people where they can late find you too. Janu- well, first of all, my I'm Phil Pointer. You can find me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Although Facebook is the one I use the most because I'm fucking old. Uh, <coughs> in February 1st, I will be at the Oxford Arts, the Oxford Community Arts Center in Oxford, Ohio, with a very funny guy, Dennis Piper, and I'm doing a show at the Fraternal Order of Eagles mm. in Cincinnati, Ohio, in St. Bernard, actually. Cult. Uh, <laughs> but it's a comedy show there run by a friend of mine, David Broom, and I'm doing that on, that is February the 29th. Saturday. So, yeah, those are the two that I have that far out. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, sorry, I don't mean that far out. Those are the two that I have right now. Uh, I have other schedules, the other dates that um, are on my Facebook and my Instagram and my Twitter uh, because this will be coming out, so I'm saying that far out. We're not supposed to be saying that we're recording this yeah. so far in advance. I don't know. I always say it, too. I'm like, hey, this won't come out for like three weeks. And people are like, oh. <laughs> I try, I'm trying to get some. In, I'm actually I'm getting some in the can. Yeah, it's like a whole yeah. product. We could talk off air, but I can dig it. Yeah. But no. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I have coming up in that time frame right now. And I am continuously scheduling. So stay tuned. Well, Phil, I really look up to you, buddy. And I appreciate you coming to do this with me today. And uh, man. Yeah, this was this was a really good interview. I'm gonna send you this, and you guys should follow Phil. Check out his social media, and uh, if you're gonna be in the Cincinnati area, check out those shows uh, oh, yeah. coming up in February. Oh, and I'm always at Go Bananas Comedy Club too. So check me out there on a Wednesday night pro am. Hit the uh, website gobananascomedy.com. Yeah, for reservations and lineups and other great shows. I need to go uh, out there too. Actually. Yeah, I yeah. Should come see the the gang. Those guys are awesome out there. So we got a great scene in Cincinnati. I got a great scene up here too. Man, it's fun. There's so many killers that I, I that when you hang around with good comics, you got to get good quick, or they don't oh, yeah. they don't talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I mean, with a, like good makes you better. Like everybody mm-hmm. pushes each other, you know. And it's like it's a friendly competition because at the end of the day, yes, it's a zero sum game. You get the gig or I get the gig, but there's also a billion fucking gigs out there. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact is, is that. There's never gonna uh, there's never gonna be a show that's only gonna run one time unless it was not a good show. So if it's a good show, it's gonna happen more than once, and you can probably get on the next one. So therefore, I'd be mad. Yeah, dude, straight up dropping knowledge for all those young comics out there, you know, and for me. So I feel like I I've learned a lot. People are gonna learn a lot from listening to this interview, Phil. So thank you for coming, man. Thank you very much for having me on there. I appreciate it. All right, guys, make sure to subscribe and like this channel and uh, make sure to follow Phil and then also follow my Instagram and my uh, like me on Facebook. Thanks, guys. Y'all be safe. Love y'all. Bye. Bye-bye.